Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace. Sit back, relax, and listen in. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you this morning and we thank you for this day that you have made. And we shall rejoice and be glad in it. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you will come even now and that you will speak a rhema word to your church this morning. As we know, as the faces differ, so does the need. And we pray that you will speak to us, Holy Spirit, a rhema word, a life-changing word. You will challenge us. You will touch us. That we won't leave the same way we came today. But we will leave renewed, refreshed, and encouraged in your presence. In the name of Jesus, I pray the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my Redeemer and strength, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we're in week four of our Fearless series. Amen. This will be our last week for our Fearless series. Amen. Next week is Pentecost Sunday. Amen. So come ready and excited because I believe God wants to do some stuff. Amen. But we are closing out this Fearless series. How many of you have been blessed by this Fearless series? Amen? Amen. I'm so glad because I know about you. I've been touched. I've been encouraged myself. My life will never be the same because of God's word. Amen. Week one, we opened up and we spoke about Gideon, how God helped Gideon to overcome his insecurities and his fears. And week two, we spoke about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Amen. I was really blessed by that word. Amen. That God is with us in the fire. Amen. The perfected fire. And then last week we spoke about Benaniah and Benaiah. Amen. And we spoke about being in the pit with the lion on a snowy day. Amen. And how God, amen, can cause us to run towards, amen, our enemies and grant us the victory that we need. Amen. And so this week we're going to close out with David and Goliath. Amen. David and Goliath, a familiar portion of scripture that I'm probably sure we all heard in, in, in Sunday school, amen, in Sabbath school, amen, we heard, amen, the story of David and Goliath. I'm pretty sure we saw the coloring book, we watched the cartoon, amen, and we saw the movie, amen, but we're going to talk about David and Goliath. The Bible says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. This is our foundational scripture. God has not given us the spirit of fear, or a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God has not given you, my brother, my sister, a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. We know that God's pure love casts out all fear. We already learned that the opposite, amen, of fear is faith, amen. It's having confidence in the very promises of God. It's believing what he has spoken will come to pass even though we don't physically see it. The word of God admonishes us to walk by faith and not by sight. We cannot go by the temporal things that we see in the natural, but we have to grab hold onto the supernatural, God's word. His word is a living word. Amen. And he said he has given us the spirit of power. 
goes that the Holy Spirit of love and of a sound mind. Amen. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 4 through 7, a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. So I'm about 6'1". Add three more feet to me. That's how tall Goliath was. Amen. So this is about eight feet. Add another foot to this. That's how tall Goliath was, just to give you a picture. Amen. This is not a fairy tale. This is the word of God. He was nine over, over nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 125 pounds. Some of you weigh 125 pounds in this place. Amen. You weighed his armor. <laughs> Six on his leg, he wore bronze greaves, and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. Amen? His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod. Its iron point weighed 15 pounds. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Amen? And then in verse 10, it says, Then the Philistines said, This day... I defy the ranks of Israel. Why is it so important that the, the scripture of the word of God gives such a definitive description about who Goliath was? I believe that the word of God has allowed all these specifics to be mentioned because you can see, first of all, you have to size your enemy. You have to really know what you're up against. I don't think that the word of God mentioned that Goliath had all these different armor, his weight, his size, and all these different things, just for us to read it, but it's there for us to really understand the type of enemy that David was um, coming up against. He said, this day I defy the ranks of Israel. He said, give me a man and let us fight each other. Now let me just give you a little background about what was going on. During those biblical times, the way we see war today, you see a hundred some men on one side, a hundred some men on the other side, and they're ah, fighting, you know, swords and shields and, and all this type of stuff. That's not the way they always fought. Amen. As you look in biblical times, many times the armies lined up, the king was lined up also with the armies, amen, on both opposing forces. And what they did was every, each, each side gave their best man. And whoever won that battle, amen, won the war. That was it. So I had my men lined up on one side, and the other king had their men lined up on the other side. He said, bring your best man, and let's fight. Whoever wins this wins the battle, and we squash it, and we move on. We have peace again. That's how they did war. So here is this uncircumcised Philistine, this big giant of a man, amen, coming out of the ranks, amen, because the Bible said he kept coming out of line, amen, and he said, who is going to stand up against me from Israel? Who is going to come against me? Who is going to take me out? Who is more powerful than I? And many times you'll find in your life that there are Goliaths all around you who would challenge you 
Amen. Who would dare you, who would mock you, who would scorn you because of who you are. The Bible says in verse 11, on hearing the Philistine words, Saul, this was King Saul now, and all of the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Because they knew, of not, now mind you, Israel had mighty warriors. Israel was not some type of weak army. These were mighty fighters. But at the very sight of Goliath, at his very words, they were discouraged and they trembled in fear. And many times we will find ourselves facing our own Goliath. And we look at this big, gigantic image, this big person. We listen to their words. We, 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 we see the, 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 the armor and all the different things that they have going on. And we can find ourselves dismayed and afraid. I have a question for you this morning. What's your Goliath? What's your Goliath? What is that thing that you're afraid of? What is that thing that's been terrifying you? What is that one thing that causes you to be discouraged, that causes you to be dismayed? Uh, come on, you know what Goliath is. Goliath is the thing that you don't really want to deal with. Goliath is the person you really don't want to talk to. Goliath is the thing that you constantly fail at, and so you avoid it at all attempts. Goliath. What's your Goliath? What is the very thing that intimidates you? Sometimes people is a certain type of person. It could be a temperament. It could be, oh, blah, 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 blah. You can feel so intimidated, like, oh, I don't know how much they know. I ain't going to deal with people like that. What could Goliath be? Goliath could be your, your finances. My debt is just so high. You know what? I, mean, I don't even want to know how much money I owe. Let me just, just deal with this. I'm going to keep a blinder on. Goliath. What's Goliath? Goliath could be that very issue that everybody keeps telling you to deal with, but you don't want to deal with. What's Goliath? Goliath. I keep doing the same thing over. I keep trying. I keep trying to go back to school. I keep trying to get that degree, but every time I keep filling that course, what's your Goliath? Could be an issue in your marriage that you're both avoiding. Because, you know, every time you talk about that one issue, <laughs> it don't go right. That conversation just goes out the window. or All the peace in the house just leaves. What's your Goliath? could be your past. Like, don't touch that. You could do it with this. You could do it with this. You could do it with But don't touch that area. That's sore. I don't want to deal with that. I'm scared of that. What's your Goliath? What is the thing that causes you to become greatly discouraged? The very thing that looks like I could never overcome this. I can never have victory over this. It can be a struggle. It could be a habitual sin. It could be anything that causes you to shrink back in fear. Remember, God has not given you a spirit of fear. But what the Word of God says, he's giving you power, love, and a sound mind. Power means authority. He's giving you the stuff that you need to have victory. He's equipped you with all that you need. He gave you power. 
He gave you love. He gave you a sound mind. Amen. What's a sound mind for? Where all hell breaks loose, I still have soundness of mind. Where everybody else has gone crazy, I still can make sound judgment. A sound mind. A mind that's stable. A mind that's focused. A mind that's fixed on Jesus. A mind that's kept by the peace of God. I've given you a sound mind. So when we face our Goliaths, we have to come in power, love, and in a sound mind. What's your Goliath today? Is it a system that you're coming after? Is it a group of people? What's your Goliath? Is it something that you, you, you've been putting off? Bishop Jakes wrote a beautiful book many years ago. Amen. I think he gave a book to me called Lay Aside the Weight. And he basically shared his testimony on weight loss. And he said, losing weight was like David facing Goliath for me. Because he said, every time I endeavored to try to lose the weight, to try to go to the gym, to try to eat right, this big Goliath called my appetite kept taking me down. And he said the only way that I was able to get the victory was because I realized that this thing would not just take me down, but it would kill me and my ministry. So he said I had to come against this Goliath. I had to come against him. I had to stand against him. I had to overcome my fear and my discouragement or all the failed attempts of the past so I can have victory over this thing. And he goes to this book and he just shares how God gave him the strategies to overcome. And you see him today, if you, show, if you saw pictures of him 10, 15 years ago, you would have recognized him. Total different man. Because he overcame his Goliath. What I want to do briefly is give you some battle strategies to overcome your Goliath today. Because you have to be honest. Each and every one of us are facing the Goliath. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 23, As David was talking with his brothers, Goliath, the Philistine, champion of Gath, stepped out from his lines, and he shouted his usual defiance. And David heard it. And David heard it. First thing for a battle strategy, hear the lies. Hear the lies. Hear the lies. Why do I hear the lies? Why do I need to hear the lies for? So you can remember and recognize that they are lies. Hear the lies. Every time the enemy comes, he comes with deceptive lies, twisted truth. How do you think he tricked Eve? He gave a little bit of truth and he twisted it with a lie. Hear the lies. But don't just hear the lies, know the truth. Because you won't know that they're lies until you know the truth. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? That was truth to David. 
He's saying the God that I serve is a mighty God. He is the true and living God. He is I am that I am. There is no other God beside my God. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine who is going to come up against the armies of the living God? Who do he think he is? David knew who he was and who the God that he served. Last week I said we take lightly when we said we are children of God. When you are a child of God, God lives inside of you. His DNA is in you. If you're a child of God, do you really understand what that really means? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who does he think he is? Sometimes you're going through stuff, you tell your friend what's going on, your friend get mad, like, how dare they come up against you like that? Who do they think they are? You know, you have a friend, everybody got a friend like that. No, he didn't say that to you. What? Girl, I'm going to go down there. I got to tell him about himself. No, don't say nothing, don't say nothing, don't say nothing. Everybody got a friend like that. They did what on your job? What? Oh, no, I got to go in his office. I got to tell him a letter. Don't write, no, no, I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you. Who does he think he is? This uncircumcised Philistine. David was blown. He said, wait a minute. Saul, the mighty army of Israel, the army of the living God that's here, that's representing his kingdom on earth. You guys are afraid? Who does he think he is? He got agitated by what he saw. Now, David was just a little boy. These men were trained warriors. They were trained fighters. They, they were built to destroy, to kill. But yet they were discouraged. Let's me know that even the very skillful person sometimes speaks in fear. I don't care how much education, how much experience, how much knowledge you got. We still face fear. We still face insecurities. We still face doubt. We still face intimidation. You know, sometimes what happens with you, the big fish, you know, in a small pond, you know, you all that. But then when God moves you to a lake, you realize you're little all over again. <laughs> that you're at the bottom of the feeding pole. <laughs> Come on now. He does that. But he wants to stretch you and grow. So you have to go through fear and intimidation to overcome that and get yourself built back up. So he can take you to the sea next time. And then ocean. Come on. They can make you a big whale. Hey. <laughs> a big fish. <laughs> Hallelujah. But David was outraged by what he saw. Who are you? Who are you? Tell your neighbor, say, who are you? Come on, sometimes you guys, sometimes you guys say, who is this person? They got the nerve. They got the audacity to do something like this. Who are you? David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. He was encouraged. Look at David. Little David was encouraging the king of Israel. <laughs> what about says a child shall leave them? <laughs> this little young lad was saying, let no one lose heart on the account of this Philistine. He said, why are you stressing over this guy? What are you guys focusing on him for? Sometimes we focus too much on our enemy. 
We're looking at what they do, what they say, how they live. We focus. And the more we focus on them, the more we study them, sometimes our heart just gives way inside of us. Because we say there's no way on God's green earth that I could show enough to overcome that. Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. He said, your servant will go and fight him. I can see everybody say, say what? Who's going to go fight who? Your this little boy, stop, stop. This little, <laughs> this, this guy just came to bring his brother some cheese and bread. Okay. Okay, he just came to bring him some bun and cheese, Minister Stephen. Okay? Some bun and cheese and some little fruit, okay? And this, 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 little, this little baker's boy, this little shepherd in the back, is going to go up against this. Say what? Are you serious? Are you serious? So here's number two, okay? Know the lies, okay? Okay, know the lies, know the truth, amen? But here's your second strategy. Don't listen to the naysayers. Don't listen to the naysayers. Because there will always be somebody to try to discourage you. Even when it is God. When I went to start this ministry, there was so, oh, I don't think you should do that. Oh, do you really, do, do you really, do you really think God called you? Well, you know you're not really a pastor. Well, you know you're not this and not that. And that stuff can just mess with your mind. That's why he gives us a sound mind. Because when people discourage you with naysayers talk, that stuff messes with your mind. That's the stuff that causes you not to sleep at night. That's the stuff that's constantly going on and you rewinding and, and playing it again. And replaying it all over again. And every time you replay it, it's causing you to get deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper in sorrow. I remember one, I remember one, one brother, I told him, I said, I'm going to marry Sister Alverna. Got the audacity to ask me a question. Does she know? I was so insulted. This is in the church, mind you. I said, I better keep my hallelujah cap on because right now I'm about to take it down. Naysayers. I asked someone to actually prophesy. I said, that's not the one for you, saith the Lord, Sister Barbara. That's not the one for you. I someone say that. Naysayers. What they think. They limited by their own baggage. By their own insecurities. By their own issues. By their own failures. And so they say, if I can't do it, you can't do it. Have a crab bucket mentality. You're going to climb to the top because I tried and someone pulled me down so you can't do it either. And grandma fell and mama fell and I fell and you ain't going to do it either. Naysayers. Come on. They in your family? <laughs> Some of you married to one? Come on. Let's be real. They're in the workplace. They're definitely in the church. All around you. Naysayers. Naysayers. So replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy. You are 
you're only a boy. In other words, you are too immature. You are not developed for this. You don't have the experience that's needed for the job. You do not fit the criteria or the qualifications to complete this, to complete this assignment. You are only a boy. King James says you are only a lad. And he has been fighting a man from his youth. In other words, you don't amount up to your enemy. There's no comparison between you. He, you are a boy, but he's a grown man. He's been fighting since he was your age, a boy. So there's no way that you would be able to win the naysayer. Because you know when naysayers do, they always go to the past. Because the only reason why they naysay is because of something that has happened. Well, you want to be careful because I remember such and such and such and such. There's always a point of reference for them. Well, you really don't want to launch out in ministry because brother such and such went out and he didn't do a great job. You really want that job, but you really don't have that degree. So why would you even look for a job in that field? Because, you know, most people today, they have master's degrees and they're unemployed and you just have associates. So what makes you think that you're going to line up to the other, you know, the other candidates for the position? Maybe you should try something else. McDonald's is hiring. Maybe you should go there. And you can work your way up to be a manager in about five, ten years. Naysayers. See, some naysayers are blunt and some naysayers come sweet. You know, I care so much about you. I was watching the, the, the Disney movie Tangled. And Tangled's about um, this young lady who was kidnapped as a child. Amen. Huh? Rapunzel, thank you. Rapunzel, who was, who was kidnapped, and the, this mother, really her stepmother, kept saying, I love you. I care so much for you. You know, I want you. You know, you know mama knows best. And, all these different type of things, but because of mama's issues, she couldn't let her live and be who she was called to be. And many times you have people, they'll come sweet. They care. They say they care. But you feel something in your heart that, that's not aligned up with them. They could be sincere. Sincerely wrong. Yeah. You have people who are very sincere. You feel it from them like, yes, okay. But you're sincerely wrong. I know you meant that. I know you meant well. I know you care for me. And I, I received that. But you're sincerely wrong on this one. Naysayers. Naysayers. Don't listen to the naysayers. You are only a boy. He's been fighting since he was a boy from his youth. There is no distinction. You cannot beat him. You can't. You can't. You can't. But see, this is the thing you have to do. You have to remember your God stories. We talked about that spiritual resume. You have to remember your God stories. David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear, will deliver me from the hands of this Philistine. David, remember, I killed a bear. I killed a lion, 
Amen. I guarded my father's sheep in the desert. And if God can help me overcome these obstacles, he can help me overcome this one. You have to remember your God's stories. That's why he said, who is this Philistine with the father armies of God? Remember your God stories, Israel. Remember how your God split open the Red Sea. How your God dried up the Jordan. How your God allowed you to overcome your adversaries. How your God made ways in the wilderness. How your God led you a fire by night and a pillar of smoke by day. Remember your God. Remember your God stories, brothers and sisters. You know that there are things in your life today that nobody but God could have done. Some of you are married to miracles because you know you should not be together. If the devil had his way, y'all be in two opposite places on the earth. Some of you have jobs today, you're not even qualified for the job, but you still work at it. Remember your God stories. God stories. God stories. What has he done? Remember, go back. I love how we say when I think about the Lord, all he has done for me. Remember your God stories. That's where you got to jot that stuff down. That's your own. That's your own memoir. That's your own, amen, story. The psalmist said, this is my story. This is my song. Come on, what is your God story? What will cause you to praise your Savior all the day long? God, I think sometimes we have, amen, we have a short-term memory. And we don't remember the things that he did years ago. Oh, that's, oh, yeah, I don't, yeah, God did that. No, 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 no. You need that. You need that because this Goliath that you're up against, you have to remember how God conquered that Goliath and that Goliath and that Goliath and that Goliath. And he could slay these mighty giants. He could slay these mighty giants. He could slay this one too. You have to remember. You have to take it back. You need to go down through the years. (laughs) You have to go back to memory lane and remember what he did for you. You know, the Lord reminded me, he said, he says, Friday is a special day. I'm like, Lord, what's so special about Friday? What's so special about Friday? He says, Friday is a special day, Arthur. I'm like, what's Friday? And I realized it's my spiritual birthday. I'll be 18 years in the Lord. I said, Lord, I've been serving you more than half my life. Hey, glory to God. And I said, these 18 years have been wonderful serving Jesus. So I told my wife, I said, we're going to celebrate on Friday. I said, 18 years? I said, come on. I said, ups and downs, but God has brought me through 18 years? I said, come on. Come on. God is good. I said, I'm going to celebrate that. I'm going to celebrate the faithfulness of God. That great is his faithfulness. I'm going to think about all the times that I was up against giants in my life, and God slayed each and every one of them. You have to remember your God story. Some of you have been serving the Lord all your life, just about. Go back and remember the God stories. What did he do for you when you was a youngster? What prayers did he answer for you when you was a teenager? Remember the prayers you prayed for your parents? 
Remember the prayers you prayed for your loved ones? Remember how your best friend got saved? Remember your girlfriend backslided and you prayed her, she came back to the kingdom, and now she's serving the Lord today? Go back and think about those God stories. You remember when you applied for your first job and you knew you didn't have what it takes, but God gave you the job anyway? Remember how God gave you favor even in times that you jacked up and you messed up and God still gave? Come on! Remember your God stories. Remember the things that you were up against. You were against all odds, but yet you overcame. You're more than conquerors because of him. You have to remember your God stories. Remember what he did, because let me tell you, when the naysayers come, you have to remember the God stories. You have to forget about what they said. Remember what he said. You have to look back over your life. And think things over. And I can truly say that I am blessed because I have a testimony. I got a story to tell. I got to tell somebody about what he's done for me. I can't keep my mouth shut. I have to open up my mouth and share the goodness of Jesus. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my very soul cries out, hallelujah. I thank him for saving me. I have a story to tell. David said, God delivered me from the bear. He delivered me from the lion. And so I know he's going to deliver me for this thing. He said, you know what? I could stake my life on this one. He said, I could put that one on the table. If he did it then, I have a divine calculation. This formula works. If he did it then, and he did it there, and he did it there, he's going to have to do it here. I had an executive board meeting. Yesterday, and we had a meeting about a month ago, a month of May, we were praying, and we were talking and planning and seeking the face of the Lord, and we were talking about going to different places, and talking about dominating the city campaign, and all these different things, and I was like, okay, God, we're going to spread ourselves up, we're going to go here, we're going to go there, we're going to go there, and go there, and Sister April got the nerve got the audacity to open up her mouth and sing on a Sunday morning that he is the God of this city. He is the Lord of this nation. She said on the day and just really just messed me up. He is the God of this people. Greater things are still to be done in this city. This city. This city. In Hackensack. The things that you have not seen See, you said sometimes you could live in a place for so long, you think you know. You think, well, that's all it could be, God. That's it. But there's another world that you have not seen. I love the Disney that says a whole new world, a whole new place. Come on. A new fantastic point of view. Come on. Come on. Sometimes you have to change your scope. Some of us believe in New York City. We've never been to a Broadway play. We've never been to the Statue of Liberty. We've never been to Alice Allen. we never go to the museum. But yet the tourists come. They appreciate all that stuff. We say, I live in New York. I know about all that stuff. You haven't never experienced it. Got the benefits, but not plugging into it. Not taking the access that's been granted to you. I said, you don't know Hackensack. I'm not done here. I had these pastors call me. Pastor, come meet with us. Come meet with us. We want you to join the Hackensack Clergy Alliance. We want you to be a part of what God is doing. We want you to meet with us as we go before the mayor of the city. All my years, I've never sat before no mayor. I said, Lord, I don't know about no politics. 
fear would drive you away. Because sometimes an arena that's unknown would keep you from tapping into that arena because you, don't, you lack the knowledge. So you said, Lord, I, I, I don't know nothing about that, so I'll just stay here and we'll just have church on Sunday and nobody would know. Hallelujah. <laughs> Somebody said to me, he said, the gathering church is the best kept secret of Hackensack. I said, that's a compliment and an insult at the same time. But he said, I believe that God's going to shift that. He said, I believe God's going to break that thing. Because so I'm like, Lord, teach me a way. Show me what I got to do. I got people calling me. People calling me. Come on, Pastor. We want you to be part of it. You have a heart for revival. I know. We could went to any other church, but God said, it was you. It was you. You need to be here. Greater things are still be done in this thing. He said, you can think about other places. That's nice. We started in Hackensack. Home. This is it. This is it. I said, but Lord, well, you know we tried to look at a building, God. And, you know, every time, you know, every, the first attempt didn't go through. And it was so close last year. We were just a, a stamp of approval away. And you had, and the door closed again, God. I'm like, God, what? He said, but this is it. He said, come on. Come on. Come on. He said, get your faith activated. Get your faith. There were times where Israel went against their enemies and they lost. And they fought again and they lost. And they got the word of the Lord and said, you're going to have victory, and they lost. And then it went a third time that they overcame and won. And God said, okay. Okay, I'm like, Lord, what, what are you saying? What are you doing? I don't, I don't understand. This is bigger than I am. He said, right, this is bigger than you. That's why you got to get all over yourself. Get off of yourself. He said, I'm about to do something that's about to blow your mind. And see, when God begins to speak, sometimes it doesn't make no sense. Sometimes you can't even comprehend it. You don't want to tell nobody what's happening. You just want to keep it inside. He's like, maybe something wrong with me. Maybe I don't have a sound mind. Maybe I'm just lost in the spirit and the Holy Ghost for somewhere. I don't know what's going on. Maybe something crazy with me. I don't know. But God is about to do something big. And he puts that thing down on the inside of you. And you can't sleep. You're dreaming about it. Becoming thirsty for it again. You tasted it. You're like, I could taste God is doing. Oh, taste and see. I could taste this thing. I, something's going on. Something's happening. Oh, my God. I, I can't explain what he's doing, but God, you're doing something. I can't understand, but you're doing this thing, Jesus. And I, and I, I, and I told the team, I said, I believe. I said, there is a building for us in Hackensack. I said, I know we said that time and time again, but I said, I know. I know. Sometimes you have to know down to your sanctified soul. I said, I know. I know he has called us to the city. Every time we try to step away, something happens that pulls us back. There are greater things still to be done here. 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 I was with the pastors praying this week, and I stood on a murder scene. I stood on a murder scene in Hackensack. But gang leaders came, and they attacked this young boy, and they shot him to death. We stood all that murder scene. And the Lord said, the blood speaks to me. And God said, I'm going to bring redemption to this city. I didn't know nothing about that. I'm sitting, I'm, I'm living on Essex Street, very close to the hospital. Oh, this is such a nice place. La, 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 la. Ain't none of that stuff happening here. This is, this is not like the Bronx. It's not like Patterson. None of that stuff. This is not definitely or nowhere. Nothing happened here. God said, it's happening right in your city. Two blocks and three blocks down, it just happened. 
I stood there. My feet were trembling. I'm like, oh, God, I'm thinking on a murder scene. Oh, God, if they did just wipe up the blood not too long ago, the blood spots were still there. And we prayed right there. People driving by those oil plants. There. I know people going, what is going on? God is about to do something. We're about to rebuild the ruined places. God's about to do something. That's our Goliath, but God's going to bring them down. What's your Goliath? What is God calling? Remember your God story. As a church, we have many God stories. Many. Every time it seems like all odds were against us, somehow, by a miraculous power of the Holy Spirit, God calls us to overcome. David said, He delivered me from the lion, from the bear, and He'll deliver me out of the hand of Goliath. David looked, Goliath looked at David over and saw that he was only a boy. See, your enemies will always size you up. They will always size you up. They will look at you, and the first thing they will do is size you up. They'll judge your appearance. They'll look at your credentials. And they'll point to all the areas of your lack. And that's what most of us get tripped up at because we're insecure about our own lack. <laughs> and the enemy points out our lack. And so we think we, don't, we think we can't overcome it. But what your enemy fails to realize is that you don't have lack in every area. There are areas of your life that God has given you abundance in. And so that's the area that they're not looking at. And a lot of times that's the area that they're jealous of. He saw that he was only a boy, that he was a ruddy and handsome, and the Bible said he despised him. <laughs> he was jealous. The enemy was jealous at David, at his appearance. He said to David, am I a dog <laughs> that you have come at me with sticks? He was insulted. I dare King Saul and the armies of Israel send this boy to fight me. Am I a dog? Is this an insult? Is this some type of trick? Is this some type of trap? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Ah. <laughs> Don't be afraid of your enemy gods. Don't be afraid of things that they hold dear to them. Because they'll use those very things to curse you. He said, come here. Come here. He said, come here. Come here. I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Remember your God. So he was trying to terrify David with his words. God, some people say, I will eat you alive. I will eat you for breakfast. I will eat you like a bowl of Wheaties. What? will insult you, will criticize you, will cause you to operate in fear. Here's another battle strategy. Don't focus on the giant. Focus on God. Don't focus on your giant. Focus on God. Don't compare the giant to yourself. Compare the giant to God. Because you are no comparison to your giant. You will lose in your own little menial strength. You will not overcome. 
But if you compare that giant to God, the rock of ages, the king of kings, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the commander of the host of the Lord's armies, there's no match. We serve the matchless Jesus Christ. He has never lost a battle and never will. Compare your issues, your problems, your giants, your delights to God and not to yourself. Because you will instantly lose. You will instantly lose heart and crumble in fear. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. He said, you come against me in the natural, but I come against you in the supernatural. You come against me with your weapons, but the weapons of my warfare are not carnal, but they mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every word that rises up against me, I condemn it now in the name of Jesus. Your threats, your insults, the very things that you speak against me will not stand up, will not stand. I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defied. This day, the Lord will hand you over to me and I will strike you down and cut off your head. He said, God will give me the supernatural ability that I need to take you down. So I said, why did he cut off the head? Why not an arm, a foot? Hey, we got the feet of Goliath. Hey, look, why the head? Why the head? Head, everything. The head is a place of authority. It's the place of government. It's the place of, of leadership, of authority. That's why Christ is the head of the church. If you take off the head, you got the whole body. Why do you think terrorists overseas, what do they go after when they would when when anyone show threats of fear? They behead people. He said, I would take off your head. I would bring the whole system down. When you go after Goliath, go after his head. Cut his feet. No, his feet, he's a limp. He could crawl. Cuff his arm. He'll use the other arm. Go after his head. If you're going to take it on, take it on. In the strength of the Lord. I don't come after you with spear and javelin and sword. I come after you in the name of Jesus. Some of you find enemies and you just, stop it. Don't do that. No, Satan. No, giant. No. Stop. Stop patting the devil. Rebuke him. Take your giant out. Cut his head off. You're dealing with situations and stuff you don't need to deal with. Just eating time. Just taking up spaces in your life that only God can fill anyhow. Go for his head. He said, I will take your head off. I will strike you down and cut off your head. Today, I will give the caucuses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. I'm not coming after you for my own glory. It's not about me. You came against God when you came against his people. 
I love what Jesus Christ said to Saul in the road of Damascus. He said, Saul, Saul, why dost thou persecute me? And you read the scripture, when did, when, when did Saul ever persecute Jesus? No, Saul was persecuting the believers of the first church. Jesus took that personally. He said, you come after them, you're coming after me. You're coming after the head, Saul. I got to take you down. I got to make you blind. I got to take your vision away and give you a new vision. So people would know that there is a God in Israel. People would know that there is a living God. There is a Jesus. God will often allow you to come against giants, not for yourself. Now you can say, I did it. I did it. Uh, uh, I did. No, 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 no. So he can get glory. He can get glory. That's why he puts you in the places that you are in. So you can give him glory. You are in different spheres of influence. You operate in different echelons of life. Why? Because you can give him glory. Now don't get there. Don't give him no glory. Don't get that thing that, you, oh, I did it all by myself. My hard working now has got me this promotion. That's right. Oh, no, it didn't. Now, God does honor hard work and dedication, but it's not you. It's him. He wants some glory. Don't cheat God out of his glory. Don't take the glory from God. He said, I will not share my glory with any man. Paul said, I glory in my weaknesses. That's going to make you should glory in, in your issues and the things that, that, that you struggle with. That's what you should glory in. See, we don't have a church like that. Like, saints, I'm just dealing with jealousy this week. Just pray, my love. I'm just, I'm just asking for prayer. I'm just believing God just to do it in my life. We're supposed to glory in our weaknesses. You know, I have an issue. With, she, she wore that beautiful dress this weekend. You know, I wish I could have a dress like that. I keep wearing this dress, just be matching it every week to something different. I wish I'm, I'm dealing with that. Just pray for me. Paul was glorying his weaknesses. See, we don't do that. We want to look good and clean and polished like we got it all together. I'm sanctified. I'm Holy Ghost filled. Five baptized. I'm running for my life. Because 99 and a half won't do. Bless the Lord. We know all the lingo and everything. And looking pods, but we're a whole bunch of sinners trying to act like saints. And we ain't. Paul said, I glory in my weaknesses. He said, all the things that I have accomplished myself, he said, I count that stuff as dung, that I might know him. Paul was an educated man, had degrees, just said many PhDs, many, many years of learning, of training, years of being mentioned. He said, oh, stuff don't mean nothing. I caught that stuff as, that don't mean nothing. Hey, I'm a Pharisee, that don't mean nothing. Hey, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Roman, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Roman, that don't mean nothing. He said, nah. He said, I'm just a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said that I might know him, that he might get all the glory out of my life. What happened? God gave David, victory. First Samuel 7, 4, 7, 17, verse 48. said, this is what happened. This is what happened. What happened? The Bible says, David ran towards him and he used the stone. He didn't even use the weapons that even they used. He used the slingshot. 
And with one blow, the stone pierced the rain in the skull. And he was gone. God gave him power. I believe God supernaturally anointed that stone to take out the enemy. So the whole world will know that there is a God who reigns in your life. So I don't know what Goliath you are facing today. Some of you probably need to listen to this again on the podcast to really, to really think about it. I can't think I'm not right now. Oh, there's something. Keep crying. There's something. God wants to help you today. He wants to fortify you today. He wants to give you the things that you need so you can walk in the victory of Christ Jesus. Let's bow our heads. Hallelujah. God, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. We thank you today that when we slay out the lights, the world will know that you are reigning in our lives, that you're getting the full glory, the honor, and the praise. Hallelujah. If you're facing a life this morning, I just want you to stand. If you have a Goliath that you're up against, just stand. We're going to pray corporately today. Amen. We believe the Lord for you this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, there's no weapon formed against us that shall prosper. It won't work today. You know what your life is this morning. You know what you've been up against this week. Things that you've been fighting. But I'm here to say that you are on the winning side. The living God lives on the inside of you. You have victory to overcome every snare of the enemy. You're victorious through Christ Jesus. I'm here to let you know you are going to have victory. You are going to have victory. You are going to have victory. Father in heaven, we come before you today. We thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you that you've given us victory through Christ Jesus. We thank you that greater things are still to be done in our lives, in this church, and in this city. We thank you, O oh God, for your strength, for your blood, for your power, for your name, for your authority. We thank you today, Lord God, that we have power to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We thank you today that Goliath, wherever he might be in our lives right now, you have given us the power to overcome him, Father God. It might seem like we don't have the weapons that others have, Father God, but you took something that was unconventional at that time. They had swords and shields, but you took a stone and a sling. Oh God, we might just have a stone and a sling, God. But Father, it's the very thing that you will use, that you will anoint as the weapon of choice to overcome our enemy. We might not have other conventional things that others have. Oh, God, but you have each given us a stone and a sling this morning. And I pray in the name of Jesus, you will help us, oh, God, to overcome those delights in our life, those battles that we are facing, those obstacles that we are up against, that we will be fearless 
in the name of Jesus, that we will have authority in the name of Jesus, that we will operate, Father God, in your name, not in our own strength, not in our own ish, in our own stuff, in our own knowledge, our own ability, our own experience, but we will operate through the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord God Almighty, we can say to Goliath, God will give me your head. And your carcass would be for the birds. So that people would know that there is a God in Israel. That people would know that God reigns in my life. For his glory. For your glory, Lord. For your glory. It's for your glory. So, Father, I pray that you would give us the stamina, the strength, the knowledge. We remember those God stories. You delivered us from the bear. You delivered us from the lion. We were all forgotten, oh God. Where mother forgot us, where father forgot us, oh God. You never forgot us. You appointed us. You anointed us. Just like you did David. At least in his clan, you made him the king of Israel. So I thank you that we're overcoming today. And that we have victory in the name of Jesus. Just stretch your hands towards heaven. Hallelujah. I just want you to thank God for victory this morning. In your own way, just thank him. Thank him. Just thank him for victory. Thank you for giving you the strategy that you need to overcome your Goliath. Whatever obstacle you are up against, I want to encourage you this morning that you're not by yourself. The Bible says we serve a God who is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. You can call upon God this morning. You can ask him to come and see your life to save you this morning. You can ask Jesus to reign as Lord and Savior over your life this morning just by confessing it with your mouth and believing it in your heart. We have victory this morning. We're more than conquerors in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.